0: Welcome to the Christian Caffeine Podcast. <laughs> so we are back with episode 11 of the Christian Caffeine Podcast. Uh, what was meant to be a daily episodic program has fallen somewhat flat on its face a little bit. And to be honest, the truth for that, behind that is that we let this thing loose on the world before we were in a position to really commit to it. which is perhaps a, a sign of although enthusiasm, which is a good thing, uh, a little bit of naivety as well, in terms of what we we're actually able to produce. So we're back on track, hopefully. Um, kind of rebooting the whole thing. Previous episodes are still there because I think they're perfectly decent and valid things. Um, but yeah, we're starting again a little bit and uh, going for a, a daily daily show here now Um, so hopefully that will happen hopefully we will be able to consistently deliver on that I really hope you're going to get something from it we've just launched our Instagram and Twitter and medium.com accounts and we're putting content up there obviously content on the podcast is going to be central to so much of what we do so hopefully you're enjoying this if you found us through social media, fantastic, if you didn't, go check us out on Instagram and on Twitter, just search for Christian Caffeine, I'm sure you'll find us soon enough, and, uh, yeah, I suppose we should get into the episode, actually, um, I wrote an article for medium.com, it was titled, I'll just tell you, Remembering the God at the End of the Gospel, um, I really enjoyed writing it. It was, uh, I'm really quite rough at writing. I used to be very kind of practiced and stuff, but this is a very rough round the edges kind of piece, but, uh, I put it in there. I've published it anyway. And, uh, I, I really think there's some valid, good valid points within it. So what I wanted to do was to kind of go through that article for you in this podcast episode so if you've not had a chance to read it on medium.com and I can tell you right now nobody has yet but it's only been up there a little while (laughs) so uh, chances are you won't have read it um, certainly not at this point. So um, hopefully you, you get something from this uh, as we as we go through. It. I think it's like I said, some some of really the kind of key points here for Christians to watch out for and to, uh, to mark the living by. So I won't talk too much more about it. I'll jump right into the the meat of the episode just now. I will, as as uh, has become tradition, I'm uh, going to play a stupid little jingle before we get to it so you hear the music and then we'll jump right on in to the meat of today's episode. as Christians we get so caught up in the gospel not that it's a bad thing at all but there is more to christian faith than the gospel by by definition there has to be more to our faith than the gospel after all the gospel is good news but sometimes we get fuzzy uh, as Christians about what you know what is the good news about i mean sure we, we all know about sins being forgiven, uh, and about our account being cleared in the court of heaven. And we celebrate these facts of salvation, these truths. Our sins are forgiven, uh, and that's awesome. But we stop there with the celebrating. that's where so often in our thinking, we kind of close that off. It seems like so rarely remember the reason for the forgiveness, the very purpose of the gospel. I mean, it won't be a mystery. I don't imagine many Christians hearing this will be desperately waiting for me to say what the purpose of the gospel is. You know, we could fill in the blanks quite easily. I'm sure the purpose of the gospel is to blank, but... The point is that our our thinking so rarely goes there that in real terms it's as if we've forgotten. I should say, of course, God is the purpose behind the gospel. The good news is that through Jesus our sins are forgiven in order that those sins could not get in the way of our relationship with God. Our account is cleared in the court of heaven so that those entirely justifiable charges would no longer get in our way of our relationship with God. This might sound like I'm arguing over semantics a little bit, but there's a real and valid point that needs to be made and that we need to be aware of as Christians. When we lose the, in order to draw closer to God part of the gospel, a really concerning thing can happen we become very self-centred. We turn the gospel message towards our favorite topic of conversation, which is typically ourselves. This can be a really subtle process in which the trajectory of an individual can become skewed as the ultimate ends of their faith at some point ceases to be God and instead becomes themselves and their ultimate happiness. Faith can become all about us when we lose sight of the God at the end of the gospel. If the ultimate goal of our faith slips from glorifying God through our lives to living lives that satisfy ourselves and our own agenda, then the way we live our lives can be dramatically affected. Choices of morality and sacrifice become reframed in our thinking. Our ability to give of ourselves becomes lessened since the agenda behind our faith no longer supports the idea that faith should cost us something, but rather that it should bring us something. It's a toxic way to be in the world, yet so many of us can fall into this. That being said. Most of those who are affected by this thinking are entirely unaware of the problem at all. It's a subconscious shift in our thinking. You'd be hard pushed to find a single Christian who would freely admit that the purpose of their faith was all about them. Although I'm sure there are such Christians, they are by far and away a minority. Those who suffer from this theological narcissism are... Entirely blind to it. I also want to stress that this is an easy mistake to make. Any of us can stray into this territory. We need to constantly be on guard against this kind of thinking, keeping ourselves in check and holding ourselves and those closest to us accountable. As with any subconscious pattern of thought, though, it only really demonstrates itself through our actions. Therefore, it's our actions that we must look in order to ensure proper thinking. The old school Christians had names for this stuff. The names have kind of gone out of fashion, but I think it can help us remember to remember these kind of things. Orthopraxy is the process of right living in accordance with the tenets of our faith. That's what the word means, orthopraxy. It can only be achieved through, and and this word might be a little bit more familiar, uh, it can only be achieved through orthodoxy, which is the process of right thinking in accordance with the tenets of our faith. In other words, orthopraxy is the demonstration of orthodoxy. Right living is the demonstration of right thinking, if you see what I mean. I think I best heard this broken down by the lead singer from Casting Crowns, Mark Hall, when he said, You can say what you think, but you live out what you believe. So you can can say any words that you want. You can say, I care about the poor, or I don't believe in violence in any form, or I think it's wrong to eat meat, or whatever. Anything at all. But it's only through your actions that you can see what the person who said those statements actually believes. So if someone were to say that they cared about the poor, yet in their actions there was no actual demonstration of this, then it would be fair to say that they don't actually care about the poor. When this occurs, and it occurs all the time, it's generally a case that the person in question knows that they ought to believe or live in such a way, but they're not actually at the point of believing it yet if you're able to self-identify or have another identify this within you then correction is actually fairly simple that's not to say that it's going to be easy but it is straightforward by reframing the situation with the wider context of how can the situation bring glory to God through my actions, a more orthopraxic route may be quickly assessed. Sadly, it's my experience that such routes are the hardest to take, especially when you're taking the first steps in self-correction. As I said, it's a simple process to think about what actions would bring glory to God and then make a decision to do them, but it's not always an easy one the Christian life is one which ought to bring glory to God through the actions and choices of our lives. The gospel is the good news that through and due to the forgiveness of our sins we're able to have a relationship with our Creator. The reality of this relationship is that as created creatures when we come face to face with our God our reaction should be to worship and give thanks our life therefore becomes one of sacrifice to that end be it sacrificing time or money or lifestyle but in some way we are called to sacrifice for the glory of our god this orthopraxy is the demonstration of orthodoxy or a or right theology thinking but don't get this confused see This is not some poorly hidden message of salvation by works, but quite the opposite. Your actions do not save you, but they're a clear demonstration of the faith that can save you.